down the reporting device and more shots being fired. Eight at four five four twenty six What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss, a writer. And I'm No Can Do, a rapper. And this is Shots Fired, a podcast about hip-hop and lipstick. <laughs> and Oildale. And Oildale. Yeah, we're, we're taking it on a different note because lipstick. You think of Solange and you think of Beyonce. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. You just I'm high. To, you Leave me wanted, alone. You just wanted to throw the Solange Beyonce thing in yeah, there. Just you, yeah, it's this week. Um, we actually have on guest the Baker Boys, who, if you don't know, are, were some of probably the most influential uh, LA radio hip hop DJs. Uh, ever. Yeah, ever, definitely. Ever. Uh, power, like when we, me and James were growing up, they ran Power 106 and were responsible for a lot of the amazing music that they were playing at the time. They're definitely but, responsible for. Uh, for people being jaded in Los Angeles. Yeah, they're responsible for people who are like this new stuff sucks. Yeah. Um but they created they created hip hop snobs. They created a monster. Yeah. And a glory. Yeah, no, it was good though. They it was good. No, but they also were producers. They produced for a lot. They produced Volume 10's Pistol Grip Pump. Uh-huh. Which you can hear on uh, every Tony Hawk video game ever. <laughs> they produced uh, on the Hooligans album that never came out that uh which I wanted to How did you hear the song? Uh the the first single was oh. out. Uh, put your hands up, which was a, it was a gem back in the day. Uh, that's, and, that's beautiful songwriting. It's be- <laughs> I can just from, from the titles, put your hands up. There's only three ways I can think you of how that like goes. Four songs. We're at a show. Put you up. put your hands up. I want to rob you. You put your hands up. Maybe you know like what's in your hands. Put the your hokey, hands up. Hokey. Sometimes you put yeah. your hands up. And that's you, the fourth way exactly. And you wave them all around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that's just like being at a show and putting your hands up. That's like a dance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how uh, how are you doing? On a scale of one to seven. Uh, you know, after I went scale. went to Asia, I kind of like found God or a God or something to do with God. Oh, God. I mean... <laughs> you a very Christian shots fired this episode. No, I'm, I'm not Christian, but you know, I just, I, just, I just like to pray sometimes, you know? Are you really praying sometimes? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. And, it's fine. Uh, in Shibuya, I, I went to a shrine and I prayed to a fox god. Okay, that's respectable. <laughs> yeah, but then you know, and then Bali, I played prayed to you know like Jesus, like like my old friend. I was like, hey, you know what? I haven't talked to you in a long time, bro. And I know I talked to the fox god before I talked to you before, but we really need to like you know we need we need to reconnect. Yeah, I mean, do you think Jesus would be anti fox god? If I were Jesus, obviously you'd be like one with the people and nature. So you'd mm. be like, yeah, of course, fox is a god. No, no, I think Jesus would be with it. I don't think the yeah. followers of Jesus would be with that. Yeah. You know what else I'm okay with is how the Egyptians thought cats were gods. Have you ever really spent quality time with a cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they all think that they're gods. Yeah. Like, they, they act like vaguely similar to Kanye. <laughs> they're like, give me my food now. Yeah. Heidi Slimane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Hedy Slimane. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Heidi, Hedy. Yeah. It's, it's all over the, uh, you know, it ain't Ralph, though. It ain't Ralph, not at all. <laughs> but, like, you know, but screw all that, man. How are you doing, dude? I'm okay. You okay? I'm all right. You're yeah, you know, uh, you know, go to day to day. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I interviewed Tyler, the creator, this week, which was, which was always fun. Burn shit, kill people, fuck school. Yeah, he's like, but, like, in reality, it's like, you know that Biggie line where he's like, cats say, say he's nice, but that's on the low-low? Yeah. It's like Tyler, the creator. Really? Like, he's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
interesting and a nice person. Um, I'd imagine. Yeah, he's not like rape. Yeah, as I uh, not like that. No, not uh, to joke. If about he was rape. all about rape, he he'd yeah, probably well, be like you know in prison. I always, well, I always say that's the funny thing about it's not really the funny thing about Odd Future, but it's interesting how they were kind of demonized as you know kind of like these terrible kind of barbarians in hip hop, like saying horrible. And then you're like, well, they produced two of the biggest. Gay artists in uh, who are the two big gay artists? Frank Ocean, R&B. Yeah, but like Frank Ocean is like the only gay male R and B singer. Ever then who else? Like, he's not really. I mean, he's you say two of the gay. biggest. Oh well, maybe not biggest, but Sid is really dope. Oh yeah, Sid. The is internet Sid. is really dope. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. Like, really like their lot. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Sid is like is like uh, Erica Badu without all the extras. Erica Badu for the kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as we offend everybody on this episode of Shots Fired. As we. I don't know. I probably I've just for mention, just for mentioning I've homosexuality, offended, we've offended somebody. I've just offended for, it's coming out of our mouths. I was blaspheming. Yeah, it's no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we obviously have a very our Arnold. Uh, we have a very Christian conservative heavy audience. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that I just when my mom hears about this and the, hears about the Fox God prayer, she's gonna she, she's gonna <laughs> come and splash me with holy water. Your mom water. is really nice. Your mom like favorites my stories on Facebook, and I'm like, my mom doesn't even do that. Yeah. Why is James's mom now? Well, you know, my mom hates my songs. Did, so Mo- did you do Mother's Day with your family? Uh, yeah, I did Mother's Day with my family the day the day before Mother's Day, and uh, I took my wife to go shopping, and then we went to Umami Burger in Santa Monica, nice. and the Alchemist showed up for a guest appearance, <laughs> high out of his fucking mind from what it looked like, with like more food than I've ever seen a man carry in his life. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, "All right, I'm out," <laughs> and I was like, and then my kids are always like, they're. Uh, they Daddy, always, your friend is stoned. No, no, they. And he probably wasn't high, actually. But you know, my kids probably. are always say like, "You know, somebody everywhere." This is annoying, Dad. And so, like, <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't know anybody at Umami Burger in Santa Monica." And then I see Alchemist. You know, so yeah, humble brag. Um, <laughs> by the way, James is friends with Alchemist. I'm um, not friends with Alchemist. I mean, I know him. I'm just playing. I mean, I hung out with him in Paris, you know? <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I did Mother's Day with my mom and my grandma, mm-hmm. my sister and her boyfriend, and it was good. It's a good time. Yeah? I feel like there were some good stories that I'm forgetting. Yeah. My gra- yeah. Oh, my uncle. I have like, you know, do you ever like my uncle? Your, your grandma's the lady that had the turducken poem, right? Oh, yeah. She yeah, yeah. a wonderful turducken poem. She seems to be a beautiful lady. She's a really wonderful lady. I got them flowers, and they were, like, super happy, and, like, wrote them cards. And yeah. We got, we got all very emo. Yeah. Um, and, but my uncle is just, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, like white men over 60 get weird like they get like real conservative and shit really? they'll start saying things and you're like eh. like he'll be like um I feel like everyone has like a weird uncle right like that's kind of yeah. you know, a weird uncle or aunt well yeah, your uncles are always weird to you because you didn't come from that part of the family like you know yeah. like if you see like three brothers and sisters like there's always gonna be like like the one that's like like stable, then there's one that's way out. Yeah, you know he's like really amped up on Disneyland, and he's like a sixty year old man. And it's like really, really amped. like but like like he's like still stoked. I mean, like in a way, I kind of admire it because it's like he's still stoked on Disneyland the way that you were when you were like seven. Is he all right? <laughs> he's got like a daughter, and she's totally normal and and very intelligent. And well, that's cool. Well adjusted, yeah. I but mean, she's like the one who was like, "Oh, dad," <laughs> you know, like she's pretty with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he was like doing like Donald Sterling things. He was like, 
He was like talking to me about Donald Sterling, and then he was like, "But I think it's a slippery slope if they're taking away his team." I'm like, "It's not a piece of property he owns. It's a franchise." I was like, "If you if you own a McDonald's, you're existing. You're signing a contract to play within McDonald's set of rules. Yeah, if you yeah. violate them, then you're gone." Yeah. And but he couldn't understand that. He kept on like slippery. I'm like slippery slope. I'm like that's code word for being a racist. A slippery slope is a cold word for being a racist. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like, hey, it's like when they play when they call Hey James, Obama. what do you think about Mexicans? Slippery it's slope. a slippery slope. Racist. Hey James, what do you think about Ethiopians? Big They're it. a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, which it was a shame though that the speaking of the Beyonce and so launch thing, which obviously we have to address because it's the most important thing in American history over the last. It's the 25. elephant in the room. It's the mo- it's the last twenty five years mm-hmm. of American history has been building to this moment where Jay Z got slapboxed and kicked by his sister in law. Yeah. What did you? What Is did it you- the first time that a man has had to deal with an in law in an elevator? It's the first time I was thinking about it the other day. Like, say, like that happened like twenty years ago. Like, first of all, like there were probably no security camera in the elevator. But second of all, even if it spread, like. You weren't gonna be watching it on TV. Like no TV station would have been playing Jay's, watching Jay Z get just attacked. But at that time, Jay Z is like he's like the equivalent of Michael Jackson, right? Uh, more like Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. So if Frank Sinatra was getting attacked. Well, I feel like that that was happening to Frank Sinatra and those Rat Pack guys all the time. All the time. Like a drunk bitch on the elevator, just oh like my God. how many? Like that must have happened like eight times a day to like Dean Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so Sam, Sam, I imagine Sammy Davis Jr. kind of being like the peacemaker of the group all the time. Like, so I, I, I really feel bad for Sammy Davis Jr. Me too. Yeah. What an admirable man. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I went to his funeral. Did you really? when I was a kid? Yeah. Why? Just because a uh, school like- field trip, which is morbid, <laughs> morbid full, some morbid school field trip. <laughs> what? Wait, what kind of a forget about Beyonce? Why were you? What school was this? It was a Christian school, man. <laughs> it was the Mortuary Academy. Of, of it was Hogwarts. It was a black Hogwarts, okay? <laughs> so what did you do? I'm sure your wife has opinions. My wife called me like the house was on fire. <laughs> like, oh my God, did you know that there's a video that leaked and like, then we talked about it over dinner. Then we, I, was, I was trying to get some at night. Then she was trying to talking about it at the same time. Woke up in the morning. Uh, you know, she's talking about the possibilities of what could have happened. <laughs> and then I go on Facebook and then she got all kind of posts on there about it. I'm just like... Man, my my only thing is, you know, fucking, in the words of Young Dro, fuck that bitch. I don't care about fucking what Solange does, man. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think he did? What was the conclusion? I can't know. There's no hear, sound. There's all kinds of conspiracy. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of conspiracy. <laughs> I do like the one moment where you can see where Jay-Z, Jay-Z goes to Beyonce. It's like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> like, yeah. and you're like, that's your only clue. That's the only puzzle piece that you know connects. Is that is that what, is that what, the, is that audio of that? The, the New York Daily, no, 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 no. You can just see his body language and read his lips and you're like, it was clearly, like, what you, it was the one, it was, you've done that where you're like, you're, you're like, what are you yelling at me for? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh. But there were the Daily News was reporting. I'm sure by the t- this is air on Monday, so by the time it airs, I'm sure it's already the case will have been cracked. 
But uh, they were saying that it was over Rachel Roy. Do you know who that? I didn't know who that was. I don't know who that is. It was apparently- but I don't trust anybody with the first, first name, names. first yeah. name and the last name yeah. have, this, have the same uh, beginning word. <laughs> yeah. But then two I first names. I thought she was Rachel Ray. I was like, what? They're fighting over like the cook? <laughs> I was like. <laughs> well, maybe she cooks really good. No, well, apparently she has, she has apparently two kids with Dame Dash. Mm-hmm. And it's like a big fashion center or something. So the New York Daily News was reporting. Rachel Roy. Rachel Roy was reporting yeah. that. Uh, Jay-Z was, like, flirting with her or something, and, like, then, like, Solange was, like, get up off him or something. You know, some kind of words were exchanged, and then he was going to Rihanna's after party. Yeah. <laughs> because, obviously, it's a, it's Rihanna has to have an after party. <laughs> throw it up, throw it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a party if Rihanna doesn't have an after party to it. Yeah, so he was going to go, and then Beyonce wasn't going to go, and apparently they were they were reporting that she was, like, why do you have to? Why do you have to go? Go home with your. Go home with Beyonce. Oh, so it was like Rachel Roy gonna go to the after party. Yeah, it's gonna be. That was what they were reporting. You know what, man? I personally couldn't see Jay Z getting yeah. getting away with like you know fucking a Rachel Roy in the bathroom of an I, after party. That's what I was saying. You know, yeah. like, I was like, talking about that, and like people were like, "Oh, she's." He, he he definitely probably cheats on her all the time. I'm like, I can't imagine that he could cheat on her and not get caught. And then plus, let's keep it real. Jay-Z's, what, 50 or something, he's right? Like 45, 46. His testosterone levels are super low, bro. But he's still Jay-Z. It's not the same. It, it, it's I don't care. It's just, it, you know, it, I'm pretty sure. What, like, no, a man has never been shady in their mid-40s? <laughs> no, I'd imagine that, that they're shady in their mid-40s, but like I'm pretty sure that you know he may... Not pretty sure, but I'd imagine that he's just like, uh... Well, it's just like one of those things, like, for him to cheat... This doesn't have the effort. For him to cheat, you would have to, like, then extrapolate and be like, so he's tired of having sex with Beyonce? Yeah. To cheat. And I was like, you know... uh, No, that's very possible. It's could be possible. Beyonce, you know, she's just a regular girl, you know? So, like, you know, after all all the makeup's off, you know... How can you say that? There are people, if you say that Beyonce is a regular girl, will be like, get away from me. Uh, That's cool. I yeah. want them away from me too. The beehive. Do you know about the beehive? I know about the. It's, I mean, is the your bee- wife in the beehive? My wife is. She's been in the beehive before there was a beehive. She's not a part of the beehive. She's more like uh, you know how little bee has like the little bee people. Task then he has a task force. Then there's yeah. task force, but then there's something yeah. above that. Oh yeah, like the weird people. Yeah, my wife's one of those for being. She's one, that high up. No, no, no. I don't think she's that high up. She's, but she's like a low level organizational kind of. But crony. if. If I were to say that I don't like this Beyonce record, turn this shit off, yeah. which I would never say, <laughs> it would it would cause a rift in our relationship. I think Solange. I actually like Solange. I'm like I like it. Everyone on Twitter was being like Solange. Who's that? And like I think she's pretty talented. Like she, I like some of her stuff. She bit Mike Eagles' uh, performing yeah. a laundromat idea. So Probably. I don't I, really, I don't really fuck with her like that. I bet you definitely watch Mike Eagles' thing because you know it's similar worlds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what the strike against Solange is? That she used to date Wale. <laughs> you're like you're like really Wale I mean like maybe she let, maybe she was like dating a mixtape about nothing era and she's like I thought you were somebody else no Solange just seems like the type of girl that will fall for any dude that like has dreadlocks and like uses incense in his house and then like <laughs> at least in her early 20s yeah but then she's like, like no that's a fucking goon he's a fucking womanizer and he's not about shit he's like but you know he's so spiritual shut the fuck up you take your ass back to Windsor Hills <laughs> And go study and go make something in your life, you fucking bohemian blipster. All right. Um, rant over. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Jay-Z had to have done something shady, but it doesn't, like, I mean, why? You want to do why? Because three attacks. If you get three attacks, like, you kind of had to do something fucked up. 
I mean, I couldn't imagine. Like, let's say I did something like would you be attacked cheating ever? wise? Like, like let's say I did something cheating wise to my, uh, you know, my wife or whatnot, <laughs> right? And uh, <laughs> you're. T- <laughs> and then you know, well, you know, one of one of my my in laws, you know, found out about it. If they, like, if they attacked me yeah. at all, they'd be in the wrong. That's like our issue, right? You know. Yeah. And then if there's nothing that really happened, like nothing really happened yet, yeah. Then it's just like, no, you're tripping. So no matter what, like, you catch me flirting with the fucking waitress at Applebee's or something like that, yeah. or where the fuck I'm at. Right? Yeah, I don't think that justifies like a. Yeah, a full-on attack? A full-on, yeah. Like, she was, like, one step short of, like, throwing rocks and, like, catapults at them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's like that's alcohol and cocaine together. That's what that is. <laughs> Interesting theory. I think, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's we my theory. Alcohol, out. cocaine. Um, the Baker Boys are on this episode. Uh, <laughs> we've besmirched their legacy with our introductory talk. I'm sorry. Shout-out to the Baker Boys. Shout-out to the Baker They're great. Follow them on Twitter and various social media forums. All right. We're going to slink into this next episode. <laughs> shots fired. And now the recording device and more shots being fired. <laughs> yeah, right. So you guys came up listening to great music, though. So you guys are, you know, you guys are blessed. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. You know, not everybody, not these days, young kids, they don't have a radio show. Now they have the internet, of course, but they have to sift out themselves. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, the good and bad and mostly What's bad. Like, we were we are recording. All right. Mm-hmm. I always ta- I always talk to people too when I like talk about like what Power One Six was like in those days because you and you guys were program directors, right? No, we weren't program no. directors, but we had the ear of the pro- of the director basically. Was Rick was Rick Cummings? Rick Cummings, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, I mean, I, you know, they would play like Diggable Planets and EPMD crossover and like then Dre and like right. random stuff that like maybe I don't know, like a Diggable Planets. I feel like now if they came up would not be played on the radio. Nah, because uh, like. I'm a, so you guys generation was like the generation in the background of my my childhood, right? The soundtrack to your childhood. Yeah, yeah. We'll so take that. We'll that you're making for sure. Or you were saying you're actually making too, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. But uh, when when I got older, when I got like you know uh, when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, it's like or actually my my late teens is when like Rockets came out, right? Uh-huh. And it was so amazing that like this kind of music was getting was out there at Dang. you know at our at our fingertips. But I think about. You know, when you guys were on the radio, like it was, you know, a pistol grip pump, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, they produced. That's pistol I'm from Project Glow, so that Where? record, that record right there, like the equivalent of that happening in LA right now is impossible. Right. You know, hey. like an underground record that gets like really. I feel like in Atlanta, maybe that can kind of happen, but in LA, it, it, it hasn't happened. Well, it happens every day in Atlanta because, but that that's just the sound of Atlanta. That's just how it is. Yeah. It, yeah. They eat, breathe, and sh- breathe and shit that shit. They're always looking for the underground. They're always everything's new. I mean, as soon as somebody comes out and they blow up, there's already somebody new coming underneath them. Yeah, really. You know, it's it's that fast. There's like three hip hop stations. Uh, yeah, there's three hip hop stations yeah. there now, but the the underground there, the movement is so crazy. Yeah. Um, we I was just out there recently with our lawyer, and he works with everybody from Mike Will to everybody, everybody big. Uh, Future. He told me about Future mm-hmm. before. Uh, when he did the song Racks with right. YC, mm-hmm. he did that song, but he's like, YC got the deal, but Future's the star. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he said wrote that. He, said those he words. told me that. Mm-hmm. He's like, after this, YC don't have anything. Future wrote that whole song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, after that one song, that was it. <laughs> so it was basically, that's what happened. Yeah. Trinidad James, too. I mean, like, he had that one song. That was yeah, Trinidad James. There's, there's some new guy named Zeus that he's been talking to me about Zeus now. Taunted, yeah. So he's been, you know, he's always in the studios. He's running around. So he'll send me stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And we have to stay ahead of the game as far as music goes with our syndicated show because we're two weeks delayed. Yeah. So when we record... So you're, you're, you're fighting the internet. That's, yeah. That's like us right here. You right. Know, not to bring it back on us, but if one week we don't do it, everything we talked about last Missed. week is not important. Yeah, it don't even matter. It's quick. So, yeah, yeah. so we have to be three, three weeks ahead on a record at least. Mm -hmm. Three to four weeks ahead. So when we play it and it's new, it's barely... Everybody else is barely starting to play it. So do you play a lot of stuff that's not even mastered yet? Like, uh, I mean, most of the stuff is mastered nowadays. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it'll be like you know, right out the studio type stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah so we're always looking for new stuff. That's tight. It's cool. So you guys obviously are from Vegas, but your dad was uh, he owned a nightclub. Yeah, um, he created um, a nightclub in Bakersfield in '84. Um, the goal and the dream was to have upstairs 21 and over and downstairs would be for, yeah, for the kids, That's tight. 16 and over. And the upstairs never got done. Um, it, it just took too much money and, and the, the landlord got greedy, started seeing all the success where my dad was having downstairs at the 16 and over. It was like a thousand kids every Friday and Saturday night, each night yeah, yeah. in Bakersfield of all places. Yeah. You know, it was like the UN in 91 and Bakersfield in 84. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cracking and that's where I fell in love with the turntables at 12, 11 years old. Were you spinning at some of those parties? Uh, yeah, eventually the, my father threw out the DJ. And well, tell the story why. Because <laughs> do, you don't just say it like that. There's a backstory to, to, to my father firing the DJ. When everybody would leave the club at like 2 in the morning, uh, the DJ used to leave uh, with a couple of chicks, and he would leave his turntables and everything set up in the DJ booth. Yeah. And and um, I started turning the equipment on yeah. and started fucking around Playing with around. the turntables, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the DJ found out about it, and he got smart and took his power cord. He had this special cord that you can only plug up you, you, it, it was, was a like pigtail. A, it was a pigtail cord. You plug it up, turn it, and that was the power. It was a lot. So he took his cord. I was like, "Fuck!" And that was a power cord for the turntable. Yeah, because it was all in, all encased in one coffin. Okay. So it was one power cord for everything. Everything okay. was all encased. So that seems that seems real handy. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I Technology was. I mean, that for that in Bakersfield at that point in time, it was a special made coffin. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, and so he got smart, took his power cord, and I was like, "Fuck! What am I gonna do?" So I got I got swift with it, and I took a, uh, an extension cord. I spliced the extension cord, and I plugged the fucking thing up to underneath <laughs> the coffin. You can't stop me! <laughs> <laughs> and so he found that out, and he really went off. He's like, he told he told my dad, he's like, your son is messing with my stuff. If he breaks it, it's gonna be a problem. My and my dad was like, basically, so he's like, it's not a toy, you know, it's not a toy, this and that, and all yeah. that stuff like that. And so he kept doing it. Have you seen the Lego movie? No. <laughs> you ever seen it? It sounds like Lord Business. <laughs> so he, you know, we'd find extension cords, a lot of a lot of extension cords that were spliced. So we find excess of he ruined a brand new fifty foot extension cord just to cut the tip and. He's not an electrician, but <laughs> he, he tried to be. He just stuck it in there and turned the power on. Yeah. So he found out about it, and you know, basically, uh, long story short, you know, the the guy had it out with my dad, and my dad said, you know what, I'm you guys just, are brothers. Yeah, we're brothers. Okay. He's like, I'm just gonna buy him equipment, and then you're fired, basically. He so he, we came to L.A. and bought a whole new setup. Mm -hmm. 
bought speakers, star tables, everything we needed, and he became the DJ. Did you buy it from Guitar Center? Or nope. Or did you buy it from Exodus. Uh, Exodus Records, it was called, or Exodus Sound and Light. Okay. Yep. And your dad came and, like, uh, like got Tony G once and like brought him up to Bakersfield to play at the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tony G <laughs> was a huge influence and Julio as well for K Day because when we were in Bakersfield, we used to have this Fisher Price radio that we'd sit on the roof with at three in the morning, like on Fridays and Saturday nights, just to hear the Mixmaster show, mm -hmm. just to see what they were doing, what they were playing, who was gonna, who was up next, who's cutting. Mm -hmm. So we're recording and it's like <laughs> static in and out. But sometimes at night you could get it really clear the yeah. AM signal. Cause it, it don't it's it it don't the mountains don't get in the way like the FM signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would get it over there really clear sometimes. And I, I've even heard rumors back in the day where you can get in San Francisco on the bridge, oh, the Gate bridge. because what? it was a giant antenna basically. Yeah. So you can hear K Day in San Francisco on AM yeah. over there. But they were a huge influence. So you know we we uh, would basically ask our dad or, or you know, to hire this guy to come down and play for us. Yeah. We didn't care if anybody showed up. It was just for us to watch him yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we ended up doing. We, we struck a friendship with Tony. Yeah. Uh, he became a mentor for, mentor for us, and then he started working with an artist named Kit Frost on Virgin Records. Oh, I've never heard of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, we actually had Scoop Deville come on. Yeah. Well, we, we, first time we met Scoop, he was about two years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Back in the day. So we had just bought an SP1200 and started working on beats. We gave him like three or four beats. Yeah. He liked two or three of them. Yeah. So we were like, our first record came out on Virgin Records that we ever produced. That's hard. Forever. Mm -hmm. So um, Tony hooked that up and... You know, uh, at the same time, that whole movement was going on with Cypress and Mellow, and that whole you guys, movement like, was happening. Tour with like uh, Lighter Shade of Brown. Lighter Shade of Brown. Nick was DJing for Lighter Shade of Brown for a little while. We were chilling. Yeah. This song is hard. Sunday afternoon, dog. Yeah. So hey, you, you you made mention of like you know you said so you hear rumors that you can hear that radio show from the Bay, mm -hmm. and being in Bakersfield, it's not that far from here. It's like a two-hour drive from here, basically. But that grapevine is like a, or is it two or three hours? It's hour an half. hour and a half. It's an hour and a half, so it's even shorter. But that grapevine is like a, for people from LA, that's like a mental block, you know? Yeah. Like, like, a lot of people don't go past. Oh, it's a mental block for Bakersfield people too. Yeah. yeah. So I'd imagine <laughs> being being there, like did, uh, being in Bakersfield, did you ever like have? Well, I know about like even that whole. Is that the Central Valley? Yeah. Know, that that whole all the way up to Fresno and Tulare and all yeah. that. A lot of people are like in this like thing where they, they love all the Bay stuff and then they love all the, the LA stuff too. I don't know, like were you did you take did you take records from both sides or take stuff from both sides or was it just LA stuff? I think the thing about us which makes us interesting is we don't care where it's from. Yeah. We never segregated our music like, oh it's East Coast or it's West Coast or it's mm -hmm. Bay. If it's good, it's good. We play it. I don't give a shit where the fucking truck. Maybe it's because we're from Bakersfield and we don't have no, no real allegiance. No, super biased. Yeah. yeah. Although Bakersfield people are Lakers fans, not Warriors fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's on the, yeah. 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 Once it gets to about San Luis Obispo, then it's That's when it starts switching over, yeah. Okay, okay. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So um, is San Luis Obispo on the Bay side or the LA? Side? I think it's on the Bay side. I think it's when, it, but they can go either way. Santa Barbara is the LA. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you guys came to LA. So then you guys, Friday Night Flavors was first, right? That was the first show you guys had. Yeah. First show that we had. Yeah, Friday Night Flavors. Uh, it was unnamed when we first came to LA. 
uh, we had a mutual friend that worked at Power 106 named Dave Morales, mm. and uh, we were out here, we were supposed to go to a studio session, but it got canceled. So we went to Profile Records to hang out with our friend Bruce Reiner, mm. who was working records. You know, they had DJ Quick, uh, Run DMC, and all those guys at the time. Mm. And uh, we went to dinner that night, and it was me, my brother Nick, Bruce Reiner, Dave Morales and Harold Austin, who had just got the new PD, PD job at The Beat mm -hmm. at, in, in L.A. Yeah. And they were dr drinking, getting drunk at this place called Antonio's. Antonio's on Melrose. On Melrose. Good restaurant. And, uh, <laughs> I used to live my dad all the time. <laughs> Nick slams the, the table one time like this with the drink. By this time next year, we're going to be working at Power 106. Woo. That's what he told him. That's what you said. That's what he said. Yeah. I'm good at that. I'm good at uh, projecting the future. Yeah, he likes to just throw <laughs> things out there. You're an electrician. You're like the, yeah. yeah, So he threw that out there, and Morales is pretty shit-faced, and we're outside. And at the time, we were working with House of Pain yeah. and Yo-Yo uh, and the Far Side. We just did the Far Side remix to mm -hmm. DJP. He hooked up a lot of stuff for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, we went outside. He's like, man, you, you guys may think I'm drunk and shit face and but i am uh but what what, what word did you use instead of shit face back then it's fucked up shit face yeah, yeah. I'm shit, I'm shit is new to me so yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like but you guys would be perfect for this hip-hop show we're trying to start at power 106 and he's like you need to get me a demo so we went back made a demo basically and mm -hmm. Sent it to him, and then we seen him at I think it was Gavin yeah, in San Francisco. San Francisco this yeah. And he was fucked up again. He was fucked up again. Uh -huh. And uh, he was face down on his bed, and we found him in his hotel room. And he's like, "Just put it in my bag." Yeah. yeah. So we put, we dropped the, the demo in the was bag. The demo like basically a mixtape back then. No, no, it was oh, actually it was like us, air check, air check of us on the radio in Bakersfield. Oh, really? Yeah. Because we were on the radio in Bakersfield from '88. Like a really popular show, right? Yeah. Really yeah, AM radio. Well, okay. Once we get, we we're trying to emulate what was going on in Los Angeles, so yeah. we had an AM. Uh, radio station in Bakersfield that we had to pay for it to be on the air. That was before this, though. We were actually on FM by that time. Yeah, we were on FM by this time. This is 91, 90, yeah, by around 91. Yeah. And so we had uh, a demo, uh, air, air check of what we were doing on the radio. We got that uh, that tape to Morales. Morales never gave it to the boss. Mm -hmm. uh, or did he? He did he, end up giving it to him because when we went to go meet, when we finally came to <clears throat> Morales called us like on a Monday or Tuesday. He's like, hey, dude, Rick wants to meet with you guys. When can you come? I was like, we can come Wednesday. That's fine. You know, we'll come down Wednesday. And so we came down, sat down with Rick, and I guess he had the air check on him or whatever. He was listening to it, but he was like, I don't know what it is. You guys have something. I can't. I can't pinpoint it. I don't know what yeah. what it is. I just feel it. Well, he didn't even like hip hop, right? Like he didn't know anything. Well, about he didn't know shit about yeah. it. But he knew he didn't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was the best thing. Like, those are the smartest in. people that know they don't know. Yeah. 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 They surround themselves That's with people they do know. You know? Yeah. 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 So he he was like, well, you know, we're trying to move in this new position, this hip hop thing, and you know, we got this. We want to start this show on Friday night. We don't have a name for it. Uh, all we have is a couple liners from our sister station in New York, which is Hot 97. Uh, you know, he gave us some generic hip-hop Friday night, blah, blah, blah type thing. And he's like, uh, you know, I like what you guys do. Can you can you slow down, though? Because you kind of talk a little fast. Because this guy fucking Mighty Mouse, dude, he talks fast. <laughs> and so... Solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he's like, you know, when guys, when can you guys start? And I said, when do you want us to start? He said, Friday. This is Wednesday. What day? Oh, Wednesday? It's two Wednesday. days from now. It's tight. I want you to start Friday. So yeah. go home and... So we go home and start 
putting elements together to make a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with, with no name, a show with no name. We have no name. <laughs> uh, there was no mix room. Were you guys already the Baker Boys at that point? Yeah, we were yeah. Baker Boys at yeah. that time. We had no mix room yeah. because the mix room was the newsroom. Yeah. They didn't mix live on the radio. And when we told Wait, them, they didn't mix yeah, live on the radio. Oh, no, no, no. Sway and Tech did, right? They did live. Yeah, yeah, they were in the wake up show. LA, but everything was pre recorded. Pre recorded. Oh, really? so, real to real. Yeah. They were, real to real. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were playing mixes off of real to real. Yeah. I hate the past, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fucking <laughs> headache. A lot of tape. Yeah, total. Absolutely. So, you know, when we were talking to him about coming to start, he was like, well, you know, how are you guys going to do your mixes or whatever? Are you going to turn in your mixes? Turn in your mixes. Like, what What do you mean? Turn in your mixes. I was like, we mix live. He's like, well, what if the record skips? I like, then it skips. That's all I told him. It's yeah. it's live. We're doing it live. This is the way we do it. And yeah. we basically converted the, the newsroom into a mix room. So yeah. every Friday night, we'd load up the van and bring our turntables, our Gemini mixer, our yeah. Yamaha Records, fucking lights. monitor, and yeah. they hooked up some RCAs, the you know, and made the newsroom into a mix room every Friday night. And that's yeah, still yeah. the mix room, I but think. Do you still have those old mixes and like somewhere the, the, the tapes? Yeah. What yeah. like what what was on like those first few mixes? Like what sort of songs you playing? At the that first time? song you played was Double X. Double X. Not gonna be able to do it. Yeah. yeah, I remember that song, and then I played some uh, some Cypress, and I mean at that time. That's when Cypress was like at its height, mm -hmm. and that whole um, then Funk Dubious was coming out, yeah, and yeah, House yes. of Pain, mm -hmm. Ice Cube, uh, Ice Cube, the, the, the very nasally stylish, soul, yeah, soul, the whole Soul Assassin, yeah, the whole Soul Assassin. Well, you guys produced like the, the Hooligans record, right? Yeah, we produced the Hooligans record, which never came out, which Three was unfortunate. Um, yeah. I wish it would have came out. I I, we still got to find out the story why it never came out yeah. from B Real because yeah. it was signed to Tommy Boy Records, yeah. And uh, it never came out, and they were, we were managed by Buzztone at the time too, yeah. as well. So that was that whole family. So um, I, I got a question that popped up in my head. So what happened? How do you how did you edit out you know explicit lyrics if you're doing it all live? There was you clean versions. Well, there was clean versions on wax. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, there was a clean versions on wax. So okay. we were good there. And if he really wanted to play something, he would just cross the fader okay. at the time. Eric is good at remembering some dirty so, yeah. words for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I forget everything else. <laughs> so then, to so the production kind of, you had already been hooked up production-wise in LA before. Yeah, we were cracking in the production yeah. uh, uh, field. We were like getting ready to blast the fuck off in Los Angeles as far as production is concerned. Um, we had everything, and we were working with the right people. Yeah. We were in the right studios with the right management. Yeah. I mean, bus tone. Yeah. Come on, and they they fucking ruled the world at that point. Yeah. Jump around was big, big ass record. Yeah. Cypress Hill, you you know. And they had uh, Rage Against the Machine, and we're just about to sign Corn. Mm. At the time when we were there. Speaking of which, you guys know C minus? Yeah, of course. That's, yeah, yeah, that's he's our from brother. Too. Yeah. That's our brother. We know okay, that guy. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Chalk, too. He's throw, a good dude. Yeah. Throw him in there. Is Chalk from Bakersfield? Mr. Too? Yep. Chalk's from Bakersfield. We used to all practice together. Oh, uh, really? In Bakersfield. You know, uh, at the turntables, we have little sessions and yeah. mess around and, you know, chill. Okay. That's it was nice. cool. Yeah, those are two, two, uh, two really, at least, you know, I, I used to hear them on the radio all the time. They, oh, yeah. And they, I guess, you know, they would always play. Uh, Play what I consider to be underground stuff at the time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So. no, no doubt. They kept the Friday night flavors going for years after we left. Okay, you know, with uh, Chuliad and J Rock. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's tight. So you guys were producing for one of the Yo Yo was one of the ones you guys were producing. What was that like? Yeah. like working with like Ice Cube. I'm sure Ice Cube was. That, that was, was the dopest shit. Yeah. That was great, man. Because, um, you know, obviously his first solo album was to me one of the one of my top five hip hop albums of all time. Yeah. His lyrics and his 
his rage on the the songs was yeah. incredible. And so he wrote this song called Your Shit Don't Stink for her. And I wish we would have had the, the, the uh, what's it called? The scratch vocal. The scratch vocal. He went in and dropped the scratch vocal mm -hmm. and did it in one take. And he just went in there and just knocked it. Right here at Echo Sound. Right here, street. right up the street. Where Echo Sound? Is that It, it used to be. It's not, it's, it's not there no more. Oh, it's not? Echo Sound's gone now. Okay, well, that's where all the lynch mob shit was recorded uh, okay. and a lot of the uh, first Ice Cube stuff. Um, Echo Sound was right here down the street in uh, Glendale, and that's where we recorded the yo-yo stuff, and he went in there and dropped that shit in one take. Yeah, that was, I wish we would have had a copy of that. I don't think he, he allowed anybody to take the copy out of the out of the studio. Yeah, but Bob would have given us one, Bob, Bobcat would have given it to us, <laughs> but he gave the, you know, the, the cassette for, to her so she can go and study the raps. Uh -huh. But Ice Cube was um, uh, just professional yeah. ever since, ever till, since the, till today. I mean, every time he sees us, you know, he gives us love. Yeah. yeah. It's always cool to see him. It's been, you know, he was our first guest mm -hmm. in L.A. On Power 106. On Power. Wow. On Flavors. Yeah. That's tight. <laughs> our very first guest. I think I have the letter still, like a con confirmation from Pat Charbonnet. This is confirming Ice Cube will be here at this time for Friday night for for, for the hip-hop show on Power 106, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. That's cool. Uh, you know, I was I always wondered, you know, at the time, because obviously you guys were working with Melamene's Kid Frost, but a shade of brown, and there was, you know, there was, you know, Funk Dubious too, and there was this kind of like, like Latin rap was like very huge in LA, like it was, and then it seemed like after that era, like Latin rappers didn't get put on the same way at all, and really played on the radio, and I I wanted to know why you think that, what what it was about that era that it was that way, and why you think it changed after. There was a maybe. there was a lot of dissension. <laughs> A lot of dissension between the Latin rappers. Nobody wanted to work with this person. They had problems with that person. You know, beef like yeah. There's there's always inner uh, beef between this person and that person, and you can't talk to that person because they don't get along with this person. Yeah, yeah. That was so we, 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 yeah, we stayed out of it. That was we a big reason why actually we we stepped outside of the scene. Mm -hmm. We had to step outside because we felt like if we can't work with him and we can't work with them, then our beats are going to go nowhere. Was it gang shit at all? Or was it no, just no, it was no gang shit. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing that we were ever heard yeah. of or were involved with. Um, but we just had to step off or we said well, we got to go somewhere Yeah, we else. felt we like we plateaued in that realm. Yeah. That we couldn't grow anymore, so we needed to step outside of that. And when, once we did that, that's when the <clears throat> shit started popping for yeah. us. Yeah. That's funny with the music thing, uh, how how it is like that. Because things like, there's like, at least from my experience and my involvement in like L.A. rap or whatnot, there's this little sweet spot when you're like, you know, 17 to like 23, where it's just like all about art. It's all about fun. Mm -hmm. It's all about whatever battle or whatever party or whatever freestyle on the radio show. I mean, coming from my, my perspective. Mm -hmm. But then, right after that, it gets real clicky, you know? Yeah, and, yeah you um, got to choose your side. It starts so changing. Yeah. <laughs> it starts changing. But we don't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you over there? That shit is weak. Like, yeah. Yeah, you really yeah. you think that's weak because you don't like them personally. Well, yeah. so in like, right. I mean, even like your, like, he, he has a label called Hellfire Club, and it was only when you guys kind of bonded together that it really started to get a lot more attention, too. So I feel like... Mm -hmm. But even that, like, Hellfire Club in itself, like, and you can see that happening. You see that happening with every click. It's a click, and people yeah. look at it like one thing. And somebody in the crew might get the wrong idea that, like, it's like, you know, they get the idea that, oh, this is like the military. Like, yeah. we don't fuck with those dudes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that works for that works for a little bit, like, when it's cool to be a click. But then, you know, it, it plateaus out, you know? like and you got to move on. A dude like Snoop Dogg is a guy that's, like, never... I was reading something about how... 
you know, he'd have like a deal with this dude and an album deal with this dude and mm -hmm. like all this stuff going mm -hmm. on. He's never like, oh no, I'm never gonna be tied down under this dude or under this brand yeah. for the rest of them after the, the death. I mean, he, thing, he went to No Limit, you know? which was like the most 180 degree thing you could have thought yeah. that mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg would ever do at that time. Yeah, but that expanded expanded his brand. Yeah, and completely. I mean, to New Orleans, we're fucking with P. Mm -hmm. P had the best deal on the planet at that point in time with Priority Records, mm -hmm. so that was genius for 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 Snoop Dogg because solidified him in the South. Yeah, yeah. real real tough. And yeah. so there's a, and look at Snoop now. Can't nobody even and say anything you can yeah. go Snoop Lion Snoopzilla whatever you, whatever you want and to he do he still dude. does that yeah. Yeah. he still does like yeah. it's never the same I he mean, moves we were talking to uh, Dan Funk we had Dan Funk on and he was talking about how when Snoop did like sensual sensual seduction we were talking about it wasn't Dan Funk it was a problem oh, so problem. oh yeah, you're right. yeah you're right yeah you're right and I guess he came in and they were like saying how they were just like Everyone was just laughing. Yeah, like he came out, and everyone was just laughing at him. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, it's like yeah, not a joke. <laughs> I definitely wrote a blog post that he finally smoked himself retarded, yeah. but like in a good way, like as a joke, like it was a parody mm -hmm. post. But like I feel he probably did, but like in a good way, you know, where you smoke yourself or you don't care at all. Like there was. Like fuck it, no self consciousness. No, no. Snoop has always been that free flowing type of character. Mm -hmm. He's he's never, you know, I've never seen him g up on somebody. Mm -hmm. He's always been cool. We invite us to his crib. Just in the movie, man. Huh? Just in the movie when he g's up, Denzel Washington. That's what on the wheelchair, <laughs> man. <laughs> now he invited us to his crib because we were asking him to do a, a, a intro for us. Yeah. And at this time, he was uh, beefing with the beat because they wouldn't play one of his joints or something like that. So he's like make boys come to the house man so we went to the house uh, opened up his studio to us cooked us some slab of bacon he's like y'all hungry let's cook you know yeah. and then dropped a, a, a mean ass baker boys freestyle that we could play on the beat yeah. i play on the play on power 106 yeah. dissing the beat actually yeah oh it was dissing the beat oh yeah yeah, yeah. He, was, he was pissed mm -hmm. he was mad he's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna bless you up did you guys ever have beef with the beat djs uh, there any was, of the power was there a power I mean I'm sure there was a rivalry but was always there. a rivalry and we were young too we was that in that age yeah. I was 21 22 yeah, 23 well, yeah. this guy would go when we'd have events and the beat would be there it was just one event okay <laughs> okay. Anyway, it was a Warren G album release party. It was a it was a, a release party. So the beat guys are putting the posters up and everything, and this guy goes right behind him and tears him down. Right then and there, behind him in front of him. Yeah, he's like riding. That was my clip. Power One Hundred Six is party, motherfuckers. Recognize game. Yeah, he Yeah, he was doing that. Later, to you know, come and find out. And once you get older, these motherfuckers don't give a shit. Nah, man, all these companies work together. Clear Channel works with MS. MS works with CBS. They're all in cahoots together. They don't care. We're all cogs in an engine. We're all we're all engine parts. We can all be replaced. Yeah. Everybody. It doesn't well, matter how I mean, big or small you are. You don't get it when you're young, right? Nah. nah. You don't get it when you're young, but like even like what I can see for, as being a little bit older, seeing like when they, the dude was like, I don't really know anything about hip hop, but I'll give you a show. Right. Like he just needed a cog to replace that part. Like I don't know yeah. shit about cars, just work on it. Yeah, right. exactly. You know? There was a lot of house and like R&B before that, right? It was uh, top 40. It was top top 40, 40 pop. So they were playing Paula Abdul. Uh, what's it called? Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Madonna. Madonna. Um, Even Stevie B, you know, uh, all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, Stevie B? Yeah. I, I mean, saw Stevie B in concert. Yeah, man. <laughs> they have we, brought, a, we brought Stevie B to concert. Did he have a Jerry Girl? Did he have a Jerry Girl when you seen him? <laughs> nah, he had like this, like, 
You guys brought in, you guys brought in like a lot of like big DJs, right? Two power, like you brought in like Humpty Vision, right? And no, well, Humpty was there. Humpty was there. He was there. Yeah, he was there before. Uh, he they were doing power tools way back back then. Back then. Yeah. Um, so they had a, they did have a jungle program on Power No Six at the time. I don't remember if they did or not. Um, it was just always house music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about. Yeah, I don't know where think them ever playing. You're cl- well, you're, like, you're clumping everything together. You're so hip hop. <laughs> you're like jungle EDM. It's all the same <laughs> shit to me. I was saying that how it's weird that house music is still how it's meant. Like how it was super popular. 25 years ago yeah, it's, it's it's more popular than it's than it was back then yeah it's way more popular I mean, it's now. crazy now yeah it's, i mean it's, it's ridiculous yeah. so the thing is yeah, but it's the drugs now i think yeah. more than it, i think like there's i mean outcast they're blaming edm right now <laughs> no but there's something to be said about that because when outcast played at coachella um there these kids now are expecting something that's like so incredible turned up yeah that like your head because like, all the edm shit is just <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like energy and outcast is like yeah we're gonna like have peaks and valleys and like yeah. just like not have nah, it no no you can't they're just like i'm bored motherfucker yeah. they're like who's at the sahara tent yeah so there was that component in the crowd so it was, yeah it was weird but people like that outcast show people were fucking people are hating because like yeah like was it the craziest crowd i've ever seen at coachella i mean outcast you know, the Prince was probably the craziest. I mean, but Prince is fucking Prince. Prince is Prince, though. Yeah, yeah. like, like Nobody Prince really Prince. can compare to that. Yeah, dude, Prince so. also was like a 12-piece backing band in Morris Day and the time. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. Like, I, yeah. To be totally honest, man, I've, I've been to Coachella maybe four, three, four times or something, you know? And I don't like to see rap in festival form, almost. I don't like to see it like that. It doesn't work that well, usually. I, Sometimes uh, De La Soul did really well. Wu-Tang killed it. There's a lot, of, lot of, like, you know, a lot of the East Coast guys do really well just because there's so much, Their like, show is different. crowd interaction. Well, Wu-Tang, to be home. fair, yeah. has nine guys on stage. So when you have nine guys on stage, you can bring incredible energy if, yeah, you're, if you're all. Yeah, definitely. But, like, if you're here to play the hits, yeah. you play the hits in a, in, a, in a theater. You play the hits, like, you know, in a concert hall. You don't play the hits to... A crowd full of drunk passers-bys, because that's something for your fans. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, and like also the Coachella audience is like it's more casual. I mean, and that's what we're talking about. Like, um, you know, earlier, like I feel like now it create. I mean, I think there's always going to be diehard music lovers. I think there's always going to be casual music lovers. But I feel now that there's so much music that it, it and it's so easy to get that it doesn't have the value that it had. So like yeah. you talk about like when you're growing up and you're like I'm gonna stay up till three. And like that's how I was with the Power 106 shows when I was a kid. Like you know you would you know you'd have the stop pause tape and you'd be like I might not hear the song. Right. Sometimes yeah. you might not hear a song for a year. And you can't even find it be- back yeah. then because it was limited pressings yeah. or wax or I was thinking about Soul whatever. Ninety three till infinity, which for me that was a song I could never find. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I was always looking for that cassette. I could never find yeah. it. You know. And then even if you found it. Maybe you don't have the money for the full tape. Maybe you had to buy the single. Yeah. Because you know it was expensive. It was like eight bucks at the time, which is like twenty today. And if you're a kid, you know, today. you might have been on your mom's stereo, and she might not have wanted you to use her stereo like that. <laughs> so you had to wait. Till she was well, you're playing rap music on the stereo, and let's be honest, that shit was not cool back yeah. there for parents. Yeah. It was like yeah, no, I had to you hide my real motherfucking G's tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real motherfucking G's. Like, yeah. or, or real Compton City G's. Really Compton. Play it really low. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I actually did a story on uh, I found BG Knockout and uh, Gangsta Dresta. Wow. Although Gangsta Dresta's in jail, but you I found him. B- I talked to BG Knockout. Yeah, he's in, he was in Saudi Arabia on on the Haji. He was doing a, he converted to Islam in jail. Word. And he was yeah he was 
in Mecca. It was outside of Mecca, mm. like talking on Skype, which was like that's so 2014. Yeah. I was like, I'm talking to BG Knockout on, on Skype, Skype from Saudi Arabia. Assalamu <laughs> <laughs> oh, alaikum. Tweet that when it happened. Like I'm so talking to BG Knockout on Skype, Skype Saudi, from Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Everybody's reply is like, liar. Ha ha ha. That's funny. What really happened? That you know? <laughs> like, just sounds absurd. So so basically like. You guys came, I mean, and it was, and it dovetails obviously with, with the chronic kind of dropping and like kind of did that, how did that change everything from your perspective in, you know, LA hip hop when the chronic dropped? Yes. Um, well, the chronic had dropped, I think uh, before we were, a even, little bit before. Uh, we were even on the air. Cause I remember getting the test pressing for G thing. We were still in Bakersfield and I remember, um, it was like, I don't even remember the year, 91, 92 when that shit dropped. And, um, we were at. We were in Los Angeles, I think uh, DJ P was having some kind of thing at the Now Key Club. It was like an artist showcase, and they mm -hmm. dropped nothing but a G thing. That was the first time we ever heard it. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was, you know, the gangster rap shit. That was NWA times 200, basically. Yeah. So uh, Drake could do nothing wrong. He could yeah. fart on a record I mean, he at still that point in time. Still, kind well, of. he can't do anything on a record right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. No, never hear it. Yeah, but, uh, but thank God we have DJ Mustard to save the West Coast. So. <laughs> do you think the West Coast needed saving though like, well, well I mean well it needed a new movement there had yeah. there hadn't been a movement in a while since the uh, the G Funk shit. Right? Well, the G Funk. Well, I mean, I mean, Snoop right. has always been relevant. He's always kept himself relevant by being a chameleon mm -hmm. and and changing with the times. Mm -hmm. And and this is something that we learned in the Bay back in the day. Is a lot of people would stay stuck in their sound, their mm -hmm. style, and this and that. I said, and we have a national show. I said, look, if I can't play this on on in this market, mm -hmm. I can't play here. Yeah. It's got to be national. You can't just try to please your homies. Yeah, yeah, you, oh, yeah. You have to have a bigger sound than just for the hood. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's cool. They love you and stuff, but I can't play this record nationally. It don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because it's like, I, I feel like to certain, we were talking about it on the, on the last episode, but certain, certain music just sounds like better in a certain place. Or like the, it's, I mean, a lot of it is playing. Sometimes you have to hear it in the club. Yeah, you yeah, know, I'll, 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 there's records that I won't hear, or he'll bring them to me, and I'm like, oh, this shit's sad, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, whatever. I hear somebody playing in the club. Oh, okay, now I get it. But see, the club, man, that's like, that's, you hear, you know, you have like, you know, a pretty girl on you, you got Sometimes a couple shots in good. you. If you see a girl walk into the dance hall on a record that you hate, <laughs> it's like, oh, I, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't play this record, I'm doing that ass a disservice. Exactly. Yeah. I want to see that ass on my dance floor. <laughs> Bottom line, as a DJ, you want to play the right shit. If yeah. you don't have that record, then they're dancing to somebody else's so you, set. you guys do like the DJ Mustard stuff, though, yeah? Well, uh, no. it, it works. It, it is yeah. what it is. It's working. He has yeah. the sound. He has yeah. the touch right now. Uh, we just talked about this earlier today that, you know, every year on our show, there's cycles. You know, whether it was uh, uh, Mike Will then it's Buster. Then it was the, the Neptunes back in the day, or Pharrell. And the Neptunes. Then it was uh, Timberland. There's cycles of producers. Well, who pushes the sound? Well, they mm -hmm. start pushing it out, and it once Lex Luger like four years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, and then A and R's are like, I need a beat from the Neptunes, yeah. or I need a beat from Mike Will, yeah. or I need a beat from this. I need a verse from this person. Yeah. So now they're on fifty records, mm -hmm. and it's just, it just floods the market. Basically, what it does. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, it's good and it's, it's good for the producers. It's great for the producers. <laughs> 
but you think it's good for like a radio show, though, you know? Like, no, because I tell I tell my brother all the time, I'm like I can't play five mustard beats back to back. I need to break this shit up, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're talking about the certain BPM, you're talking about ninety five BPM to one hundred and one BPM. He's the only one making records. The only one making right shit in that, yeah, yeah. and it works. Every fucking record works. It's paranoid. It show me if it's not that, it's uh, you Turn know I am Sue record. I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. I, and the, this is the last two years now yeah. that mustard has been killing it. Yeah. So I ain't, I'm not mad. Anybody from the West Coast, bottom line, that keeps us, keeps it moving for for the DJ, for the the coast itself, for the youth. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there might he might spark a a, a new kid that's yeah. gonna do his damn thing. So one of the things that's interesting about them is they were one of the first. They're, they're a West Coast three rap movement that really hadn't happened because even TDE when I talked to those guys like, you know they basically were like well you know it, it really started to pop for us on the internet mm-hmm. like they wanted to make music for their homies but mm-hmm. like to make like that their homies like but once the blog started really picking it up it was and then that kind of changed but YG had been you know you, YG uh, there was this thing I really love LA they have these like little rap eras like like open mic eras and like when I was coming up and I was young I was at Project Blowed and then like then it, they kind of shifted over to Fairfax for a little bit, and then later on there was this thing called, there was a spliff in the pit, and they were at the, this, the, the same place, it was two different nights, and one was a battle night, and one was just a, a go up and perform five songs night. And I remember seeing uh, YG perform Tooted Boot in there, and everybody just like walk out like, what the yeah. fuck is this bullshit? Yeah. But as soon as that song came on the radio, it was a Changed. totally different story, yeah. you know? And I didn't really understand the YG. I wasn't really a part of the people who walked out of the room, mm-hmm. but I really didn't get it. But I just love rap, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But uh, once, like, once I got older and I started like hanging out with my little brother, like he's an adult, though. You know, like having him kick it with me. I realized their whole generation, like he speaks to their generation, yeah. like that whole, yeah. like, like. I'm not in the gang shit, but my friends were in the gang shit, and there's places that I couldn't go with these people. Right. And my little brother's generation, he can go from like, I can be here and I could be there. I can go anywhere because I got a homie from each of these hoods. Yeah. And it's all right as long as I don't personally have a problem. So, like, that free, that free, fun, fancy gangster rap, like, yeah. he embodies that shit. You okay. Know? Yeah. Uh, so, the, the, the YG thing as well, Tutor and Buddha, I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. It was like Tutor and Buddha is gone. But he yeah. came back and he came back heavy. He came and back he, in the streets. Well, he, he had a very heavy, I'm like, what was I was covering the jerkin story in like 2009 mm-hmm. and i would go to these like jerkin functions yeah. and then i would just ask the kids i'm like who's your favorite rapper and it was not usually the new boys it wasn't usually like pink dollars i mean they did like love those kids but yeah. more often than not it would be yg right and yg was really i mean he was from Compton, he was a blood yeah but he he was uh he was saying the same things that they were doing he wasn't right. rapping about dancing right. exactly he wasn't a jerk he didn't jerk Right, like, you yeah, know, it was just the production. He, he just the production would say exactly. He had beat some Jayhawk, and like he was popping already before that in MySpace. And, yeah, um, which is interesting because I feel like a lot of the Jerkin stuff kind of filtered like Jayhawk and those beats. I think like in some way probably influenced Mustard because Mustard was his DJ before he even. Made yeah, beats. And, and those kids, those kids from the Jerk, which is I just read in your article. Actually, these kids came from the Jerk movement, and now they're creating records for big records for oh. you know Rich Homie Kwan. Now they got the walkthrough joint. So anything that keeps the the coast going. I'm cool with. I was upset that Drake did not have the wherewithal to make that shit happen, but I'm happy that there was somebody to fill the void. Yeah, yeah. Because you said that Drake couldn't. Yeah, yeah. That Drake, well, he didn't. He didn't. Did not he? that he couldn't. He well, didn't. He just, you think he, it was a conscious decision? Like I think if he could have, he would have. Bottom line. I don't know. I, 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 I do. I, but. I, that's what we're all waiting for. You know what I mean? They got to the point. It's like, okay, well, I'm already gray. Yeah. I'm already done with it now. You know, so who's next? Who's gonna? You saying like when he did the, like the aftermath thing, or when he did, when like, he didn't drop really... the when he didn't drop oh, when he didn't drop detox. detox. Yeah. yeah. It, 
I mean, I feel like in my in my like reinterpretation of history, I feel like that everything uh, would be different. Good Kid, right Mad now. City is really detoxed. Okay, like, but everything would be different yeah. right now as far as the West Coast sound or even the detox music general, the music in general, and the whole scene would be different if we would have got what's supposed to be a detox. I feel like here's the thing. I'm is Dre's like is he like 45 how old is he's Dre? over 50 yeah he's up over there 50 dude he was I mean I he was in the 84 85 in like Lorenzo's After Dark like four, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I was 25 I was 24 he was like 20 in 19, yeah in I was 24 watching YG perform saying I don't get this shit right so right. how could a, four, a 50 year old man look at like what the kids are doing and say I don't get this shit well guess what you don't have to be <laughs> up there doing it you have 20 year old dudes in your crew doing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have all those guys underneath you writing and doing doing the production. Doing the bad production. for a lot of the rappers that so. were signed to him. Yeah, they like didn't Bishop Lamont, I was really yeah. rooting for, and got well, married. That was interesting because he had grow up done my Power 106. That was briefly played on Power 106, and then I think like I think Interscope sent a C and D yeah. to the to Power 106 to stop playing it. Which was did you guys get a lot of that stuff at the time, or is this like a modern phenomenon? We were at, where, at that point. It's oh, back in Power. Yeah, yeah. We 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 love our season. Yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, Suge you Knight. Love, you love this we love. Oh yeah, because we were doing something we weren't supposed to be doing. Oh, you playing the records. Yeah, it's playing shit you weren't supposed to have. You just get it from the artist or from like someone we from can't the say. label. Yeah. From we the can't label. say. Come the on, man, what are you trying to do? Trying to the, get us killed? The label would send us the legal paper uh, from the lawyer. He's, he's talking about where do we get the records that we weren't yeah. supposed to be playing? Oh yeah, uh, a couple friends. Yeah, we had a couple friends. Yeah, and uh, and, and keys and key no, spots, not no labels. Label stuff, not labels. Studio folks. Yeah, studio folks. Yeah, yeah. People that were actually part of the record. Yeah, yeah. In those days, you know, there was only dats. They, yeah. they weren't, you know, yeah, yeah. you come away from the studio with a dat, then you pretty much had direct connect yeah, from yeah. what happened at the studio that night. Yeah. So that's where we would come in and, and we were blessed with it. And we had the ears of everybody, so we could play whatever the fuck we wanted to play. Yeah, and when we. That stamp, digital, audio digital audio tape. tape. Yeah. 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 You guys came up with a roll call too, right? Yes, the roll you call. The roll call? Never, never made it. Should have. Yeah, you never made it. I sucked, I sucked at, I sucked at battling back. I was good at freestyling, but I was sucked at battling back then. Yeah. One of my, one of my classmates, a dude named Pro, was on the roll call for a, a gang of. A gang of <laughs> well, yeah. Hot Carl, right? Like got a deal. Yeah, hot Carl that. got a yeah, deal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He got also a deal off it. Yeah. <laughs> now in the world of podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, how, what was the idea for that, for that role? Kinda. Well, we were um, being asked to do the night show at Power 106. We were doing overnights at that time. And Rick Cummings was like, you guys, uh, you, know, you have what it takes. You need a benchmark. Mm -hmm. So we're banging our heads. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We sat down with a friend, went to dinner with him over in Burbank. His name's Adrian Miller. He's in the scene Adrian still. Adrian Miller? Yes. For real? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the homie. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, uh, I got a, uh, I'm working with, I have my label Hellfire Club, there's a dude I'm working with named Anderson Pat. Yeah, 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 he's been telling me about Anderson. Really dope singer, really dope. I got his dude. shit, I got that, I got that EP. You got the, the, which one, the... Some, the, some the, shit the that Adrian gave me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one we got put yeah. out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Adrian's a good dude, so it's funny. Adrian, uh, we were, we were working real close with him through Volume 10, he's the one who, who, got, who put us together with Volume mm -hmm. 10. He was A&R at Interscope, um, excuse me, uh, Immortal Records at that time. Yeah, yeah. And so we were thinking, we were, we were at dinner, we were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's like, there's this, you know, when I was in, in school back in St. Louis, there was a guy named Dr. Funkenstein or Funkin something. And he used to do this thing called the roll call. And what he would do 
is he would take phone calls and he would rap back and forth with with a caller and it would go something like this what's the name of that number one school and then he would say johnson high johnson high what's the teacher with the golden rule mr marcus mr marcus that so, type of thing and then yeah. me and eric we looked at each other and i think you came up with a one for the trouble yeah i wanted to do old school every old school rap would start with one for the trouble two for the time it's very simple it's very you know, it's very easy you know what i mean and it's like the it's like their cue okay you're coming up you're getting up next so we did a demo and we kind of uh, uh elaborated on the concept of what he did and then we put a you know, music bed with it and then we did like a fake version of it to show to rick yeah and we showed it to him, and the, the shit just took off like crazy. Yeah. So I mean, from from once we did it, then they seen the success here. They took it to New York, yeah. and then it spread from there. And then everybody started I doing it. I feel like it. every teenage kid in LA like wanted to come yeah. up, call up and like win the. Role. Yeah, I mean, I was. Not I mean, we were sitting down, we were sitting <laughs> yeah. down with Game a couple years ago, and he was like, "I used to try to be on the roll call." I was like, like I, "What? Hey, it's just funny just thinking about it." Like. <laughs> I was me and Pro were the best rappers out of school. And I was I was trying to call the Sir Pro. Yeah. I Sir Pro at lunchtime, right? I, I couldn't get through. Like I was like, no matter what, I'm telling you, I was calling like before. I, was, I didn't know. How, I was like, this shit is rigged. Pro's got an uncle up there. And, and the crazy thing about the success of that is we didn't have social media back yeah. then. It was all word of mouth. I mean, it was like kids talking the next day at school about who won. Oh, did you hear that? Or that kid in school that won that night, and he's a fucking star at school because he won the roll call last night. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think of now, you know, right now, if we were to do something like that, it'd be so, it's just so different now with the social media yeah. aspect of what we did back then. So yeah. when you were doing your shows, how much, like, leeway did you have to pick whatever you wanted? The Friday Night Flavor show, we had... Complete, complete control. We played anything. There was no rotation records on Friday Night Flavors. It was everything we wanted to play. Well, what about like on the morning show? The morning show was programmed. Uh -huh. It was programmed. And, and the mixes, uh, we could throw in a, a few joints in the mix when we would jump on the turntables. So like for a song to break radio back then versus how now, like how is it different and how is it kind of similar? Uh, like Power 106 or yeah, just radio in general? Yeah, like... Uh, shit, you know, uh, their inner workings, I don't know. I think it's music meetings, it's... Uh, you know, mixer meetings. Uh, they always talk about testing. I know, record like, labels. Yeah, yeah, testing. That that that's always something they throw out. That, you know what that is? That's a filter to tell. It's basically, to tell them that hey, we don't have room for this record. Yeah, yeah. Record. Or it didn't. Te well. It didn't test. Yeah. yeah, get the fuck out of here with your record. Yeah. It's not cracking. Well, see, you know what's so funny, man? I was talking to somebody today, and uh, like I was talking about there's a, a few different camps because I, I end up having my hands in a few different pots. So I'm over here with this one camp right and they're making records for the radio huh. right yeah and they're just like no we need this kind of chorus we yeah. need this kind of yeah. production yeah. and then there's my camp who we're just making records right and then there's this other camp that's making records in in uh uh, uh because they hate the mainstream like they're doing anti they're doing the anti shit yeah. you know mm -hmm. and uh and i feel like i feel like I mean, it may have been happening in your time, but I feel like now even more so because you have to have these certain things to and to even get listened to by the hands. And I know because I'm working these shits right now mm -hmm. to get listened to by the hands that like 
it's, you know, if there are more guys like you on the radio right now that are just like, I'm in the streets, I'm taking risks, fuck my boss, I'll take this, this cease and desist, yeah. whatever, <laughs> then, like, you know, it'd make it easy. If there'd be less motherfuckers compromising themselves or doing some anti-shit just so they can get on the radio. Well, the know? thing is, if there was more people doing music from the heart, from the soul, and what they really felt, mm -hmm. then um, they, they probably... I, you can't make record. You can't like create a hit because you want to create a hit. It's, it happens on its own. It happens naturally. It happens from the start. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> so something like that. That always you works. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes, and then somebody hear a song like the new uh, Wiz Khalifa song, and then I'm like, that shit sounds like it was created like in the lab where they make potato chips. Like it was like <laughs> We Them Boys. Yeah. The song. Yeah. Yeah. It's like future. It's like a, just a future like rip off, like yeah. hardcore. And that shit is like loud. everybody's ripping each other that off. Everybody like wants process. a song like that. Everybody wants a song like this. But it's those standout songs, you know, that they just happen on, yeah. on accident or it just happen because and it's just dope. And some one DJ just takes one motherfucker to drop it at the right point and there's the right people listening and then boom, what's that record? You know what I mean? And it, that that's the one that sticks around for the longest. Was it instinctual for you, instinctive for you guys to? Uh to know when a record would be like the hit or like the song that you'd play or was that something um yeah we just you know we use our gut more than anything we don't really rely on testing like that or if it was ever tested we never looked at it oh, was how is this testing we never really asked that yeah. question we just said okay we like this this is good we're gonna play this you know but and actually and, and the chart the charts um reflect our choices yeah you know, we go by a chart every week mm -hmm. on our show, and it's a compilation of all the stations we're on. Mm -hmm. And I'll see a record that I'll play or jump on first, and then I'll see it starts creeping up the chart. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It starts moving up, starts moving up. And same, you know, it's a gut thing. Like, Nick was big on the Janae Aiko record. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, he was like, this is going to be a fucking smash. It's going to be a hit. I didn't hear it. I didn't feel it. Yeah. I'm not a big R&B fan myself, yeah. so mm -hmm. I wasn't really, wasn't my thing. You're just not in touch with your yeah. emotions like that. I just don't care about it like that. It <laughs> just don't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But music in general, for me now, there's no, I don't have an umbilical cord to music like he does. Mm -hmm. He's connected to it. Mm -hmm. He has feeling. He's, he's complete. I could care less. I can go days without listening to music mm -hmm. and be cool i like quiet i don't even like noise or music around when i'm not djing if i'm not djing mixing my show i'm not listening to music on, if you see me walking around with my headphones on there's nothing on i like silence <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing on that, that i don't sounds, turn my shit on that sound, that there's nothing like, there's nothing like setup. Like, there's, no i feel you though. there's Sometimes nothing listen worth to... listening to these days there are no classics being made you don't think so I think period so. I think well, do you think it's because of like you you listen tell to me one hip-hop tell me one hip-hop record out right now that i will play in 15 years album or record record single song single I'm, I, I think I'm I got a label I can't just <laughs> I, I'm saying am I playing Paranoid in 15 years am I playing My Hitter in 15 years no see I think 13 year olds I could still play like, I could still 13 play 13 year olds it doesn't matter well, it's the classics like, are different to them now what is, yeah, yeah. But see, that's like 50 Cent is old school to them. Yeah, like exactly. Soldier Boy no, is like yeah. they listen to Soldier Boy and they're like, oh man, that's what we do. Yeah. Junior High. Yeah, or like Mike Jones. Yeah, now, like these kids that are in college. That's like that's what I like. That's their old like, school. They're old school. I junior agree high with you to an extent, but I think that the records that are those records aren't even getting past the the. Bullshit. A lot of times they don't. So yeah. like, you're right. Because when I when I think about like hit records, I listen to a lot of oldies. I listen to a lot of shit that doesn't uh, that. 
you know, is in the middle gap. I, I'm a, like a 90s rock, you know, slash like late 90s underground rap, yeah. rap kid or whatnot. But uh, a lot of these records that stand out that in all the little genres and subgenres that I'm into relate to like uh, a human experience that that you know love you know uh you know loss uh you know the come up and all that all that and um that shit doesn't happen that much these days but paranoid is one of those songs that like you know for the time being for a dude that's like 22 and has a nice car and money to it spend makes at sense a bar, to him yeah he gets it yeah. but he's 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 the one percent yeah the 99 percent don't have that I mean, song yeah. most people saying. wish that there were more three-dimensional songs on the radio i feel mm. like it's very there are a lot of great songs in one dimension but i think of like you know when I, people ask me what my favorite rap song is ever i usually mm. tell them passing me by because yeah. i think passing me by that is, one's the human experience i don't that, let's see that there is nothing like <laughs> yeah, I that know. that i mean there are songs i think being made like that but there's nothing like that that breaks to the mainstream but i'm saying on the radio constantly yeah. like, what i'm saying is you can play song, you can play those records still like at, at a spot or uh, yeah i agree and they you know they're just there's just nothing there with the music it, it's very expendable it's a passing uh, by record right so there's that's about unrequited love yeah i feel like you know even even though it's an r&b record or it's an adult contemporary record that's there's like two good songs about that on the Frank Ocean record, right? Yeah. But the Frank Ocean record got no play on mainstream radio. No KJLH. Thinking of You got a little bit of radio Thinking play. of You? I mean, a little bit of radio play. It not wasn't for, like a top. Not for the number one record no, in sales, not for the uh, record that got an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. so right. there's like, well, even Schoolboy Q doesn't get that much radio play for but the number one Schoolboy Q's, I even feel like this album, the songs that are on the radio aren't even like the ones that are about the human experience like break the bank yeah. that's the single you know but the other records are like this sounds like a radio record yeah i heard even last night i heard oh, the, like the i'm night. in the studio like thinking of the year those yeah are like that you can tell those are like someone was like you need a radio record right yeah. this is what we're gonna do yeah this and he knows yeah. it i mean he said it in interviews that i i you can tell he kind of hates those songs well we had i was talking about andre and I was talking about Outkast, where it's like we had an argument about, you know, he's playing Hey Ya. And I think, like, most Outkast diehards would not say Hey Ya is their favorite song. But no. most casual fans would. Yeah, most people that just are not, like you said, they're, they're number one fans. They're just fans yeah. of music. And it's okay to have those. That's what yeah. you're in the business for. That's, that's who you get paid. Those. That's who you're paid. But even hey, even hey Ya is a song that's about the human experience. You know? Oh, yeah. Even, you know, nothing but a G thing. Even that, that's about just, like, feeling like you're on. You're that dude, you know? And I mean, that's, you know what, a record like that is probably like, in, in, in our times, that's probably, you know, a bitch don't kill my vibe, you know? Yeah. You know, like, you, you got the... No, I think Kendrick is probably... Mm -hmm. I think, like, I mean, if you're... I, I'm trying to think of other radio. I'm sure that, I'm sure there's a couple... To answer the question, to be... Nobody's yeah. answered a question. Well, Eric's I, question. I think Kendrick. I, I, I think I think, I think oh, if you grew up in these times, you find records that are like that. Yeah. That's all. And that's, that's why... And you'd be more into the internet then into the radio because yeah. you have the control to go seek those records true. out. True. This is very true, but let, let's let's be clear because what we're talking about is the job that the Baker Boys, quote-unquote, did for yeah. radio and did for Los Angeles. Yeah. Who's doing that for the internet? Two Dope Boys, Passion of the Wise, who? Yeah, but that, those are who, who are doing it. For okay, yeah. that, which is this is great. And, and there's that underground movement, but still... Let's see, we're real. Like, my site, for instance, like, that's super tiny. It's not like a main... I mean, like, it's really small compared to, like, the amount of kids who pay attention to that are, like... But the, but the, the thing is that those guys are doing the Friday Night Flavors jobs. But still, there is no 
go-to like hub on the radio on the internet that is like these motherfuckers are dropping this shit because you still have to do the filter thing yeah. you still have to go through all of these blogs to pick out the best of the best and then blast off on those things and and yeah. package them yeah. and, and present them properly you because need somebody at the top to take all that yes and then feed it to the masses exactly the way that you got exactly because you know it, everybody can have every record on every blog mm -hmm. what have you but if it's not put together in a nice package at christmas morning mm -hmm. it's like fuck there's a bunch of Cookies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel what I mean? like like what what the internet doesn't do that the radio radio did like the like the internet the radio is is like I want to say like it's a it's a it's the middle point between the club and your headphones. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like the internet is just like headphones. Direct. Exactly. So I feel like a, a record that can be big on the internet if you play that out in public. You won't get a physical reaction out oh, of people. Completely. You know, they'll I mean, like, like, and I'll do that sometimes. I'm not a DJ by any stretch of imagination, but sometimes someone will be like, oh, go play songs or something. And there'll be a song that you'd be like, like, I like, well, I, I like, I love Action Bronson. Like, mm -hmm. he's one of my favorite rappers, but like, you could not play Action Bronson at a party unless you're like 12 dudes that are like super underground. Because <laughs> yeah. that shit is just gross and like, huh? I mean, at his concert, that's so, different. Yeah, like, people, girls will go to his concert. But like, when you're like, at, like at, a, at a club or people dancing, it just, just it's flat. Not gonna crack. Like, change it quickly. Even at a under, Whereas Mustard, even like, Even at an underground hip hop club, too, though, you know? Like, yeah. like, because you can play a Run, Run the Jewels record next yeah. to an Action Bronson record. Yeah. The Action Bronson record record is so like I feel like the internet is such a cerebral cerebral place yeah. you know and I don't know yeah, so. it's just you know it's just different there's just certain types of music that sound good in headphones and there's certain and some music sounds like that's the thing about LA music it sounds best in your car yeah, it does. and like if you're driving around listening to music made from LA like you were talking about damn funk like that shit like if you're driving around in your car what sounds better than that like or your album like you know your album I didn't like your album as much as I liked the previous album until I was driving around in LA in the daytime in the, my car. Then you got it. You, know? yeah. you felt it. Yeah, it's an environment. A lot of it has to do with the environment. Definitely. You know. So, uh, what's the story behind Pistol Grip Pump now that we're, I can't believe you didn't even Project Blow! <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny because Adrian, man, that's so hilarious. Continue. Um, well, we were doing the remix for The Far Side for Your Mama. It was a Hollywood sound in Hollywood on Selma. And there was this guy with glasses on. And he's like, I'm an A&R for, I have the dopest rapper in Los Angeles right now signed to my this record label. His name is Volume 10. And would you guys be interested in submitting a couple beats? I'm sure, no problem. We have tons of beats. Take the SB1200 upstairs, play him a couple beats, whatever. And he's like, I'm looking for more of a West Coast sounding record. Mm. And at this point in time, we're chasing mug sound. Mm. And mug sound, is, as far as we're concerned, is the East Coast yeah, thing. Definitely. And he's from Philly, or he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. That's East Coast, though. That's like, that's just hella close to yeah. New York. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it wasn't Zapp and Roger. It wasn't low profile. You know, the sound, yeah. the sounds that we, we were coming out of the SB1200 for us, there were loops, there was screams. Yeah, quick was like clear. Yeah, 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 just, and there was no real West Coast signing records because that just wasn't us. Mm -hmm. So he was like, we, we, I think we turned in something to him. And he's like, no, this is, this is not it. He's like, think of... Uh, Slaughterhouse uh, by Master Ace, Master Ace. Yeah. 
And Born, it, well, Born to Roll was like huge in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that yeah. Was, Born to Roll came. That was, that was a remix. Uh, yeah, and he's from New York, right? Yeah. But the Slaughterhouse was kind of like a. It was a mock. It was a mock of West Coast yeah. music. Kind of the West song. Coast rappers, West Coast music, period. Yeah. yeah. It was a mock or was him trying to adapt? No, it was, no, it was a, a mock. It was a, total oh, mock. It was a complete was, mock. Damn, I gotta listen to it again. Listen, listen to it. Slaughterhouse by Master Ace. Well, Master Ace is kind of a sarcastic guy, actually. His other stuff, his later stuff is like all like kind of sarcastic concept records. Yeah, it was a mock. So it was. Uh, you know that record was just loops and loops of funk loops and stuff like that we're like all right fuck and this is a record we did not want to make let me be clear yeah. about it and i'll tell everybody who ever asked did not want to make pistol grip pump outside of our repertoire yeah. it's not our sound we were going for yeah. so it was kind of out of frustration like fuck you want to West Coast record here. I'm gonna make the simplest bullshit ass West Coast beat <laughs> yeah. I could possibly do. Let me take this kick, this snare, low profile, boom, boom, boom. Is that simple enough, motherfucker? All right, so boom, it I like County Joe right there. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what it is, and it was it was out of frustration. I made the record uh, out of uh, frustration. I took those kicks, that snare. I took a loop from a Cam record. Uh, the something like that and then um i gave it to eric and uh, this is where we were living at the oakwood apartment i was like here this is all i got it's simple ass bullshit that he wants you take it you go eric v comes in and he adds the bass line yeah. uh he takes the sample uh the guitar lick from uh, cool in the gang cool in the gang dun-dum, 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 dun-dum. A little high-pitched little thing uh loop in the hook and then the Beastie Boys sample. So we give him the Pistol record. Pistol packing. Pistol packing. We give him the record, and we're gonna go demo it at Power 106 because we're we're working yeah. at Power 106 at this time. So Volume 10 comes up, and we drop the the, the microphone booth at Power 106. We have the, the little one inch tape, and he drops the verse. He drops the, the record, and he was trying to do um, um, the chorus was. Pistol grip pump on my lap at all times, you know, but that came from the original sample came UGK. from UGK. Okay. Uh, uh, Pocket Full of Stones, Full of Stones. Yeah. was the line. It came from that, and he wanted to sample that. He's like, it sampled this and put that in the chorus, and it just didn't sound right. So yeah. he's like, fuck it, I, I guess I just have to say it myself. Mm-hmm. So he did that, and that's that was the demo. And what you hear on the record, the vocals from Volume Ten are the actual vocals that we recorded at Power One Hundred Six as the demo. As the demo, what? Because yeah. the vocals, when we try to go to the big studio, he couldn't. His breath control was not there, and he was smoking. He's smoking too much weed. Weed and all that, okay. so he could not perform the the you know the, the lyrics anymore for Pistol Grip Pump. So we had to transfer the original vocals from Power One Hundred Six we dropped onto two inch tape. At the big studio. That's the hardest shit I ever heard. <laughs> that was done like live on the radio. No, 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 no it wasn't done live on the radio. Okay, but, but we recorded it in the in the production, the production studio, studio at yeah, Six. At, at the station for After a demo. Hour. It was a demo. Basically. We were doing okay, okay. we were doing right. nights at that point in time, yeah. and we also did a bunch of demos with Psycho Realm at that studio as well. Yeah, yeah, I toured with Sick Jack, and he's a cool okay. ass yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, good friends, good friends, yeah, old yeah. school. So that's the that's the Power One Hundred Six slash. Uh, Pistol Grip Pump story did not want to make that record, and it's That's the only crazy. record anybody knows from us. So That's go figure. Was well, the biggest record from Project Blow too? Yeah, it's the biggest record from Project Blow, definitely. And 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 he and he's a black sheep in that out of all those dudes, he's out of that that generation. He's the black sheep out of all those dudes. Well, he, I'm working. He's, with not, he's not even in the inner, in the inner circles. What what the what this older dude named Jam D told me. He like he was the guy that like was battling the other guys. Right. Yeah. 
And, uh, I'm gonna be in the in the studio with the black sheep tomorrow, yeah. doing some new shit. Volume 10? Yeah. Volume 10? I'm actually yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do a column on him too. Yeah, he's trying to get me to go to the studio, but I refuse. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go. He's gonna go drop some shit to a couple of my new beats. That's good. Yeah, yeah. exciting. Um, so when did stuff start to change in Power 106? Like when did you kind of feel the climate there start to shift? When Rick left. When Rick left. When Rick left to cor corporate. You know, they started making changes. Um, they put a couple different people in charge. You know, the GM who was there, Doyle Rose left. Then Rick left. They started moving them up, you know, to corporate and everything just changed. Dynamics changed. The dynamics changed. The release, relationship changed. I mean... Now, what year is this? Probably, what, 90... 96, 97? No, I don't even think it was that late. It was before. No. Well, maybe 95, 96. I don't know. Um, but that's when it really started changing because uh -huh. we didn't have the relationship with the new program director like we did with Rick. Uh -huh. You know, we could bring something to Rick and be like, this is the hot record or we need to put this in yeah. or whatever. We had this idea. We had his ear. Uh -huh. And, you know, like he would try to book groups for our Friday Night Flavors anniversary. He tried to put tag team. And we were like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> You can't well, put. You can't put. I know what that is. I, right. I was like, looking with. I was looking at him like, why? Like we don't even. <laughs> we don't even. They had the number one record in, at that time. That was on by the way. I know everyone. They had the still. number one record <laughs> on the radio station at that time, and we were like, we don't want you to book yeah, them. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't put them on our show. We don't play that shit on our show. Yeah. He canceled on. He he's like, no, we, we're not going to do it then. If you guys say no, then we're not doing it. Yeah. And he trusted us. He trusted us, and we have not had that relationship with somebody like that since then. Yeah. So it, it was a it was a very special time for us. Yeah. So then, like, I mean, so talk about like what you guys been up to now. <laughs> I mean, sorry, we're like he's like Tom because we we have a tendency to go like falling on podcasts. We're about a, we're about an hour ten right now. Okay. Right. Just trying to make it five more. All right. It's not I, subtle. You're like waving your hand like if you're a sorcerer. What we are up to now? Um, basically, we have our syndicated show so that runs every weekend. Uh, we have a pop version and we have a hip hop version. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on about sixty-five stations between both stations and both that's, shows. Or both shows. Sorry. Uh, and so we do that on a weekly basis mm -hmm. still. And, you know, Nick's been working a lot more on production. I'm, he's starting to drag me back into it a little bit right now. Um, our syndicator that we work with uh, just got one girl signed to Columbia. And another, another one that he's working with, they're, uh, they're after her at Def Jam. So um, trying to get back into production a little bit myself with him. And, uh, you know, we complement each other well. Um, on the production stuff, he can do a lot of stuff that I can't do, and I I, I add that extra element that he he can't do or don't hear. Uh -huh. And but you know I'm sure we have our moments where we're frustrated with each other because I'm used to working a certain way, and then he's used to working a certain way. Yeah, so, it's been a minute since we've worked together on music. Yeah, honestly, because yeah, Eric V just kind of turned his back on it. We both turned our back on produ production when we got to Power 106. Uh -huh. You know those demos that we did with with um, Volume 10 and and. With Psycho Realm, those are pretty pretty much the last things we what saw. All the hooligans. What about working with the hooligans? Yeah. Hooligans was. Uh, <laughs> that doing... was a lot of people don't know. It was like Scott Kahn and uh, Alchemist. Alchemist. Rapper. What? Alan. 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 Yeah. Well, I grew up with Oh, we know Mudfoot. Back, no, he was, he was my was hero. Yeah. He was my hero because he was. All my friends, like older brothers, like he was the man. Like everyone's like, yo, Alan has a rap deal. He's like 15 years old. Yeah. Like, Beverly Hills. Okay. Like, watch him on, like, you know, the. 
the, bo- the box. <laughs> yeah, you know, television you control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Mudfoot <laughs> was dope, man. He's dope MC, dope lyrics, dope tone in his voice. So, yeah. and he was always dope. We, we were at Bellstone at that point in time, and we were working at the studio, and uh, we just had beats and beats and beats. So they chose like three of them, and they busted on. Actually, three of them. it was four. It was four. Oh, it was four. We had Be Real on the chorus on one. We had a verse from Everlast on the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good times. It was yeah. really, really good times. And that shit just never popped off. Yeah, you he know? still has that tape. He's like, I'm, I'll give you a copy. And then yeah. he's giving me a copy. I got <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I got the MP3s of Apparently. the whole album. Oh, really? Yeah. So I could send it to you. Yeah, that would be awesome. I hear it uh, It goes for like a lot of money, I think, too, on eBay. Yeah? Like, there's like, yeah, the cut out. We can get some luggage, Holmes. Yeah, um, I guess so. <laughs> and then you guys get that Louis Vuitton. You guys, yeah. Louis Vuitton. You guys were doing shows in other cities, too, after like LA, right? Yeah, we went to San Francisco for a year. Uh-huh. We did uh, Miami. Miami for three years. San Diego uh, for a year. San Diego. So, yeah, we've been traveling to basically getting the Baker Boys footprint mm-hmm. up in yeah. other cities outside mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. So when we dropped off the map here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. yeah. we were going off trying yeah. to make Baker Boys bigger everywhere else. How does, like, it, you know, how does... You know, you're in a different city. Does the mentality change? Like certain cities, you know, we talked about it earlier a little bit, but like certain cities don't like a certain kind of record, or certain cities do. Or um, when when it's presented with with our flair, what we do, and you guys know it here, we can get away with pretty much yeah. murder. Yeah, we um, never even when we went to the East Coast, we never had that problem uh-huh. of being able to play West Coast records. Yeah, we played them. Yeah, we didn't care. You think? Did you learn a lot going like going to the Bay, and yeah. going to Miami? Like, did you pick up on like? Because I I notice in different cities they're undergrounds or they're or the local flair they're they're different but it's like the same idea but like if you were in L A some like some real Atlanta shit would just sound like any old Atlanta shit you know if you yeah. just never got out of L A you know yeah you uh, learn, you the, get a better ear traveling around in the Bay Area they were in between sounds mm-hmm. you know they they still had their Richie Rich that was popping up but it, it wasn't a national sound still E forty mm-hmm. uh, of course was popping but he still didn't have a big record at that what, point what in time. Year was, 2001. 2001. 2001. Okay. At, at that point, fucking Ja Rule was ruling the world. The world Ooh. at that point, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so you know, that's when we were there in the Bay Area. We went to to Miami. Uh, that's when the southern stuff started to pop off real heavy. 2003, yeah. Little John, okay. yeah, um, you know all that Usher stuff back Break in the day. Break a leak, Pretty Pablo, uh, Yin yeah. Yang Twins. Little John was cracking. He was the producer at that point yeah. in time, yeah. and we were in the thick of it. We were right there, right next to Atlanta, and in Miami. So yeah, that's what we the did, turn of capital of the exactly. World. So yeah. when we got there, that gave us a, a different cut in our prism because we were be able to understand. We had to learn the southern shit, mm-hmm. and then we could take that to our national show, which gave us a more rounded. Uh, uh, sound for the Baker Boys mm-hmm. uh, and, and allowed us to be a, a true national picture snapshot of what uh, American hip hop music was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you know, we take that uh, with us. We also learned that in the club, um, mixing don't mean shit. <laughs> you yeah. cut off records and you drop records and you needle drop and you, you do all this stuff. You just you, you rock party rock, what they yeah. call it, mm-hmm. out there in uh, in Miami. So Miami. we had to learn that because we came from a, a world of you mix every record together yeah. and yeah. it has to sound good. Yeah. Over there, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah they don't. They don't it really is, mix it that much. I think it's the cocaine. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't think it matters to kids out here these days. As much because at, at low end, you know I'm. Always like, well, like I think Gaslamp. I, I was okay. Uh, me and my DJ were touring. And he's like one of those DJs. Like everything's got to mix. He was like everything's got to be. You know, no, nah, this is the DJ that I was working okay. on before Low End Theory really kicked off. But everything's got to be like real hip hop. 
and you know he would be be there at low end with me and he would like looking at Gaslamp like he's not even mixing and then DJ Nobody's like he he was doing psych psychedelic rock at the time so he was mixing but so he started playing the hip hop stuff it was like nah we're just playing these records back to back to back and I, I find out like that you know like kids don't really care as long as you as long as like the beats banging as long as it's a song that they kind of recognize yeah, yeah, you know yeah. something like that you yeah know? Yeah, that's what we learned. We learned that over there. Yeah. So yeah, we learned a little bit from each place. So we took it. So what's the best? So like, what's the best way to find out? Like, you know, if someone wants to listen to your, your radio show, like, do, the way your website. Bakerboys.com. We have Twitter. all of our cities and all the stations that we're on up there. Uh, Hip Hop Master Mix and the All Star Hit. <clears throat> There's a link up there that uh, Nick uploads the show every week after the show uh -huh. that played that weekend, yeah. so they can listen to it and stream it. Uh -huh. So both shows were on there. Awesome. Absolutely, and uh, there's going to be something coming up here in summertime that uh, is going to be dropping. It's going to be Baker Boys uh, related, and we'd love to talk to you guys about that when it does drop. Awesome, cool. And the Twitter is at Baker Boys? Yep, T-H-E-B-A-K-A-B-O-Y-Z. Facebook, of course, same thing, Baker Boys, Instagram, all that social media crap. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming through. No doubt. Thanks for having us. It's a lot of good talk, dude. I'll yeah. see you at fucking Low End Theory, man. Are you coming tonight? Uh, if I can, I would love to. And now the reporting device and more shots being fired. Unit 4542 is to us. Unit 4542 is to us. Unit 4542 is to us.